All right, hope everybody's doing good. We are back with another edition of Casey Music Talk. Today, I have a percussionist here in Kansas City, uh, Adam Watson. How you doing? Hey, bud. How you doing? I'm pretty good. Um, thanks for coming, man. Absolutely. Glad um, to be here. Yeah, yeah. I, I've seen you maybe play like maybe, I don't know, 10 times or something at jams. Yeah. And I'm always really impressed, man. Uh, the the one thing that, that always cracks me up about you is you always seem really really in control and you, you sound like you're listening it's, in it, which is a problem for some people, right, you know, they, right. they kind of don't really listen and it, like you, you always seem like you're, you're, you're listening to everybody. And the other big thing is you, you don't strike me as an over player, you know, like you're playing over everybody and doing, you know, well, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. I mean, like, like, is that is that fair? I mean, is that something well, you're it thinking is 100% about? One hundred percent fair. It's something I've I had to come by very methodically, and mm -hmm. you know, very. Had, I was aware that I, when I was a younger player, played in a classic rock band with my dad and small small bars, and forever the bar owners like, tell that drummer to turn down, you know. And finally, I got it through my thick head that mm -hmm. maybe I should lighten up a little bit. Maybe dynamics might. Help the rise and fall of the song, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've, I've, I'm very conscious of doing that mm. most of the time. Now there's other, there's times where you can get carried away. Mm. The song allows, and maybe it's late in the night, and you know, moved up a little bit. Mm -hmm. but it happens. Yeah, but yeah. I, I do. I do try to listen to to the players that I'm playing with, and uh, you know, play to the song. Really, you know. Mm -hmm. If if it's a cover or whatever, you know, just the nature of the song in itself. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm a I, I guess feel is my my thing. Mm -hmm. You know, um, overplaying, I I I can't be guilty of it. <laughs> we got we all can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but no, I like to play pocket. You know, the, mm -hmm. you know, keep keep the. Uh, Keep the the licks and the fills, you know, within the realm of mm. the nature of the song, and you know, playing a lot of blues, and you know, I've done some country in the past couple of years. Mm. I'm not doing a bunch of crazy metal licks, you know. Mm. So, yeah, it's it is what it is. And it's, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I think that's interesting because like. The crowd, especially with drums, the crowd doesn't know it, but the musicians notice it. Right. You right. know, and we, we can tell when people are overplaying or, you know, the volume stuff is pretty sure. pretty obvious to hear, you yeah. know, if the drummer's just pounding the crap out of it, you know. And tempo, you know. And tempo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and your, your, your pocket seems really solid every time you play. You're Thank not you. pushing forward and falling. And falling, I think, like, people drag in. Right. Usually is the one. I don't know about. I don't know if that's for you. If you've noticed people <coughs> dragging more than than pushing, but um, or maybe it's both. I it mean, depends yeah, on yeah. the nature of the yeah. song. If they're right. doing like a waltz or like a you know old timey type feel where you know it's supposed to be on the back of the beat, mm. you can you know I've been guilty of sitting too far where a card player turns around and like hey come on yeah pick it up uh oh yeah. <laughs> all right yeah yeah. And then when, you know, you're playing like a fast two beat, train beat, something that can just run away from you real fast. Right. Especially if, you know, other players in the band let you do it, mm -hmm. you know, and I've played with guys that just run along right with you and just let's, how fast can we go? And then <laughs> I've been on stage with uh, a couple pros around here that I'm doing, I was playing, uh, I want you, she's so happy mm -hmm. by the Beatles. Which is a long song with a bunch of different parts, mm. and I love that song. I mean, it's mm. just one of my favorites, and <laughs> I got excited, and I was feeling pretty good, and song it just kind of got away from me during one of the turnarounds. Mm. And when <laughs> we got back to the one, they pulled me back so hard. It was just it was abrupt, but I was I recognized it immediately. I'm mm. like, okay, I know exactly what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> And kind of evened it out from there, but, it, you know, I've ran into multiple mm. <laughs> instances of yeah. across the board where some guys will just sit there right in the middle and won't move at all, you know? 
no matter where you're playing. Yeah. Which is okay because you kind of move around them a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah. Yeah, and you said something else about note with with the overplaying stuff. You you were talking about like so what. So is that just what happened? Did did a little like club owner go like, hey, turn you you know, or did he? Because so, you said that you consciously switched, right? You had this moment where you realized that you were playing too much, and then you malconsciously con- made an effort to not play like that. Like, yeah, I mean, if I wanted my band to get booked there again, <laughs> I better turn it down or lose the money. Yeah. you know. But but did did you seriously have a, a club owner like oh, yeah. say something? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I remember one time when my it was a guitar player buddy of mine. Uh, he's actually merch guy for Kevin Fowler. Mm, yeah, he's yeah, a yeah. Texas country guy, and uh, we were playing at a bar, and he had worked at that bar for years. Him and the bartender were good buddies. We got done with the gig, and the bartender just screamed at him like, "I have never been not able to hear drink orders, and if I can't drink." Mm-hmm. Well, here drink orders I can't pay you <laughs> you know so that that was a pretty pretty quick eye opener yeah yeah and it wasn't immediate you know mm-hmm. but over the years I've you know for instance playing jazz on 39th street and state line mm-hmm. you cannot play over you know mezzo forte there. right right they're gonna I mean a real mezzo forte right and I mean, and even that's pushing it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so, going in there with a four-piece band that's, you know, electrified, that's really hard to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so that 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 is an exercise in in dynamics, for sure. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so room, playing rooms like that, that definitely definitely helps temper your temper your velocity that you you play with you oh know, yeah you know with, with electrified instruments you can physically turn down you know it's it's hard to do when you're used to playing a certain way you know sure like I come from a metal background mm-hmm. when I was a kid you know and my first band was uh, just me and my buddies playing Metallica covers and Rage Against the Machine covers with no mm-hmm. singer Mm-hmm. And finally we found a singer, but he also played drums. And he's like, all right, I'll sing a couple songs, but I also want to play drums on a couple songs. So then I was like, all right, I'll sing a couple songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know? And, uh, you know, playing that playing that loud music versus what I play today is yeah. you know, complete op- opposite sides of the spectrum. You know? So you decided to sing "Killing in the Name," yeah. and then you picked. No, no I'm just kidding. Yeah, and Bulls, Bulls on Parade. <laughs> I just heard "Killing in the Name" again. Yeah. I hadn't heard it in a while, but yeah. I'm like, oh, that riff is like. Yeah. That riff is pretty mean in that uh-huh. song. Oh yeah. Yeah, that whole first Rage album is incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Revolutionary. Yeah. So you said with the volume stuff, I've been fascinated recently by those. What What are the bamboo things called? Oh, the the rods. Yeah, the rods. What 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 do you think about those? Do you like playing with those? Or uh, what? The sound that they create behind the drums, like where I'm, from where mm-hmm. I'm sitting, I don't I don't like it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel or sound good to me. But I think it sounds fine out front. Mm-hmm. The the layperson whose ears I'm trying to protect probably won't care that. I think right. that it sounds like crap. <laughs> right, right. So, because the attack is different, right? Oh, I mean, yeah, like especially on cymbals, yeah, I gotta the, believe. The like, attack, the rebound. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, is and they're much larger than. Right. Yeah. 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 Normal thicker, sticks. Yeah, you know? yeah. And there's all types of products out there that. Right. I mean, there's brushes with a little stick head sticking out of it, and mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. You know. Oh, you mean like in the middle? Of yeah. The bro- oh, I don't know if I've seen those. Oh, it's yeah. all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. The The market out there for people who who buy weird little stuff, or, mm. you know, they just need that certain sound, you know? Yeah. Because I've seen like the plastic brushes. I've seen like more of the metal mm-hmm. style, like the, the jazz guys yeah, would yeah. do more of the metal style, I think. But 
Like, and so that that's always cracking me up because this the show is kind of about talking to the 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 twenty year olds of the world. You know, they're yeah. just getting into the gigging or or students or whatever the people that aren't playing at a fairly high level and they want to get there. And sure. what, and with the volume thing, what like country bands for example, you have a guy that's got he's got one you know, one volume and that's, that's what he's got. And so they go here and they hold it, you know, hand them the, the rods. They're like, okay, well, if you can't come down, then we'll make you come down, you know? And like, and I just think that's silly. You I mean, know I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I've, I've heard of that being the case. You, I mean, try not to be that guy. <laughs> you know, it's my recommendation. You know, I say, see the writing on the wall before it is, you know, written upon you. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, don't be afraid to try new things, you know. Like I've I've wrapped my the uh, tips of my sticks in moleskin to just to get a dampening sound. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done. I worked a couple of summers in a small theater in Abilene, Kansas, the Great Plains Theater, and did Guys and Dolls. It was just literally drum set and piano on opposite sides of the stage, <laughs> and there were some parts that I really had to be I mean they wanted the drums there but it had to be so quiet and so literally wrap my, my wow yeah because <laughs> so, they got to hear those words right. right from the from whoever's singing right. or talking or whatever yeah and it's you know it's, it's professional theater but it's still you know small town you know right but doing doing their damnedest to do the thing and right yeah they, they did it well you know and See drums and piano. That's silly to me. Yeah, it was like like <laughs> add a bass. Just it'll be fine. Just I'm pretty sure the uh, the the director of the the theater had a soft spot for me and like, oh, come mm. out, come yeah, on out. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, but I was very appreciative. You know, mm-hmm. great great experience. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. How long did those go? Um, a couple weeks or or like a about week? a month each. A month each. Yeah, mm-hmm. cool. Shows are weird. They're they're yeah. just totally different oh, yeah. from like like you know, gig I mean, regular rock gigs yeah. or blues or whatever. I think they're. I mean, well, see, I did a I did a couple in high school, and then my first real like foray into musicals was at K State, mm-hmm. and it kind of happened by accident. A buddy of mine, Bryce Craig, he's just a crazy, awesome. He's a great. Com- awesome composer mm. but he he's just a killer on mallet instruments mm. drum set's not really his thing you know granted mm. mallets aren't my thing mm-hmm. you know and uh he he's, comes into the practice room one day and he's like hey bud uh you you interested in playing drum set on the uh musical and I'm like well he's like well I signed up for it and I only really wanted to do the uh, auxiliary mm. stuff I'm like well okay mm-hmm. And honestly, I had a blast. We did Guys and Dolls. Yeah. And it was I've never done that full, show. But full full orchestration. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, it was so cool. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, the musical stuff, I've been in a bunch in the pit, uh, random ones and a couple of operas, but it's crazy to me how you have, <laughs> like, I don't know, whatever, 30 songs, you know, yeah. throughout the night or something. They're right. all small, you right. know, they're all tiny. And it's like, you know, Three four 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 three four two four 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 three four four and then key for us you know D A B flat D flat and it's just everything is and even in the middle of the song and a flip and I mean did you feel that you had to like concentrate like crazy playing that Oh yeah yeah as soon because I did the musical three years in a row K State pardon me excuse and as soon as I found out what it was. I went to the director or found out who the MD was. Yeah. Like, can I get the music and can I get the soundtrack? Right, right. I need that now. <laughs> right now. Because I wanted to, like, start. I'd literally fall asleep listening to, you know, Guys and Dolls or Little Shop of Horrors right, or whatever. Yeah. And my girlfriend, now my wife, she's like, Really? <laughs> Do we have to listen to Bushel and a Peck yeah, right. once again? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but. And it's crazy doing musicals. There's like one, maybe two, be a verse or just a snippet of a chorus that'll get stuck in your head, be an earworm for the mm-hmm. next three months after the show is over. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Glad you enjoyed the show. Yeah. Man. Enjoy being cursed by it for the next three months. 
And you guys would have little, because I know all the percussion stuff, a lot of times they'll have little sound effecty stuff too, uh-huh. oh, yeah. right? And you, you've got to watch and then they say the thing, blah, yep. or, you know, the piccolo will always have, you know, mm-hmm. or some little like... Well, there's some you know, some parts that, you know, they write in keyboard parts and expect the drummer to turn around and do it real fast. And I've yeah. actually had to oh, have really? a keyboard right next to me and, you know, little, I did Oklahoma one time. Mm-hmm. And Lily played the uh, timpani parts on That's funny. Oh, so like the timpani sound and you're playing, yeah, that's how you do it, man. Yeah, that's funny. It is cool. Yeah, that's cool, man. You you said something interesting, too, is that, like, back to the, like, when the guy, when the owner said something to you about, uh, about playing too loud... The, I, I've said this on the show before that I heard Dave Chappelle talk about this that yeah. he uh, he got booed off stage like his second show oh, yeah. and he said it was absolutely horrible you oh, know yeah. but it was the best thing that ever happened to him mm-hmm. you know because at that point he had only been told that he was badass you know and so and so getting booed was he was like oh okay well that was completely horrible but you know like like I jumped off a cliff but there was like no danger Sure. You know, and all that happened was I just got embarrassed and sure. that's it. And like, so that that's another thing that I've tried to talk about on the show a lot is that people not wanting to, on the psychological front, people not wanting to take criticism and the kind of losing their minds over that or having a moment where they're embarrassed or, right. or the club owner calls you out or a teacher calls you out or, a, um, and like, it sounds like you... And I deal with this all the time with my students where you have two students and they got a three at contest, right. both of them. And one guy goes, oh, dude, like that's not happening again, right. you know, and he steps it up and he's like, you know, right. screw, screw you, Mozart, I'm getting you. And now he goes in and pre- and then the other kid, you know, kind of like, oh, well, brr, I guess this excuses. isn't for me. It makes excuses. Right. And it, you know, so it sounds like you, you used yours, you know, well, I, you know, I'm guilty of making excuses too, but yeah. you know, I if if you really want to succeed and get better, what's the point of making excuses? Just find you, you know know what you did wrong. Look at the judge's notes or whatever did, mm-hmm. that's given to you or the criticism that's given to you. Internalize it and figure out a way to use it to make yourself better. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it be the way you hold the sticks or your instrument or you know, you need a different embouchure or, you know, whatever, you know, take the criticism, at least try it, you know, Mm -hmm. and if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you, but at least you tried it. And if it does work, and I mean, maybe not, you don't need to subscribe to it wholeheartedly, but, you know, add it into what you've been doing thus far to, Mm -hmm. with your, it could be your practice regimen. You know, um, it could be, you know, honestly, with drums, motive like a lot of guys when they first start out, their gear is, you know, lower mm-hmm. than, you know, just the the, the level of quality is. You know, it's probably you start a band when you're like sixteen. It's probably a drum set that your parents got from. Guitar center or whatever, and it's everything in one box, and it's you know just plate cymbals and sure. I I've torn through you know cheap Zildjian cymbals like hot like a hot knife through butter. Mm, yeah. When I was sixteen through twenty four, you know, just wasted hundreds of dollars on crappy crappy junk because I didn't know any better, mm. you know. Um, and that that kind of thing can like hinder somebody's desire to want to practice or get better you know right yeah um so you know the quality of your instrument can can be helpful in that yeah. regard you know do you think you think that can help the like because what you're talking about is the motivation mm-hmm. right i mean you, you have this really crappy instrument and yeah. there's there's obviously you get you know you you put Gogo on a piece of crap and he's like oh yeah you know right. and, and, he, and he just tears that right. you know tears it up right. in a good way but but like but if it's falling apart and but it's falling apart yeah I mean there's a le- there's a right. limit there yeah of, of crappiness <coughs> yeah, it's, yeah and it, no don't get me wrong Gogo can get on anything and make right, it sound yeah. great 
You know, I, he talked to me about starting on pots and pans and no, crap. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I dude. actually saw that one. Yeah, you I saw that. Yeah, the other interview we did. Yeah, I was the same way. My mom had Tupperware all over the place, and I just beat the yeah beat the junk out of that. And <laughs> my first kit was a little uh, aluminum J.C. Penny catalog thing. Right. That literally, as a grown man, you could probably just you know smash it together. Yeah. And uh, it had like paper heads on it, and I mean, I just literally just just oh, broke yeah. them immediately and yeah that was that was my parents were like well we, we have to get them something <laughs> right better. So, so talk about that how do you how do you get started was it your idea or what, um, what happened no it was I don't know God or whoever's up there kind of touched me with the rhythm and uh, my my dad was in a church band I grew up Pentecostal so it was kind of a raucous church band where people were dancing and yeah. singing praise and whatnot. And I'd literally, as a little kid, sit in front of the drum set during what they call altar call mm-hmm. and just be mesmerized by the drummer. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I just kind of got the bug ever since then. I got my first real drum set, uh, mid-60s Ludwig that my, mm-hmm. my dad found from a guy in Topeka and... I still have it in my basement now. And That's it, cool. It's like the drum set I keep set up at home and whatnot. And uh, from there, I, um, you know, joined band in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the fifth grade band teacher traveled around to all the each school. Elementary, and, yeah, yeah. And um, you know, so he came maybe twice a week, but that yeah. getting out of Getting out of class for that hour and a half to go play <laughs> drums to make a bunch of noise was awesome. And, you know, the whole reading music thing didn't come naturally to me. Like, mm-hmm. I took piano lessons when I was a kid, and it didn't really take. Mm. I, I was not a studious yeah. uh, <laughs> learner as far, the, as far as the piano went, because it didn't seem cool to me, mm-hmm. you know. I just wanted to play drums and be a little... Dr- drums are way cool. Yeah. Right? Piano, piano... <laughs> Um, once I got Lame. to college and uh, had to do piano proficiency yeah. for you know the state of Kansas, uh, yeah, it's like come on man, why didn't you pay attention a little harder in <laughs> fourth grade? But I am piano proficient according to the state of Kansas. So um. <laughs> those, those four part corrals, you're like one, one. and. Two. Two. Yeah. Hey, they passed and, me. Uh, you know, you're just like going like sloth speed, you know. Uh-huh. It's kind of embarrassing what, you know, because there's three people who can tear up and down that keyboard watching like, come on, <laughs> you know, just limp your way through it. Mm-hmm. But but you're like, get over here and play <coughs> four limbs. Right. Come on. Right. Let me see it. And they're like, uh, right. no thanks. So I did band through middle school and high school, you know, drum line, all that stuff, you know, really, I just love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, did, uh, did, did jazz band in high school, all that stuff. Uh, you know, did, I opted to honestly sit out a couple years of concert band because mm-hmm. it just, I feel like I wouldn't be interested, mm-hmm. you know. But then once I got to college, I developed a little more appreciation for, you know, mm-hmm. concert music and uh, especially being, I was in the orchestra for a couple of years in college mm-hmm. and that was, yeah. that was really cool. Oh, sure. We got to, uh, we got to play with Kansas, the band. Oh, really? That's um, cool. So, so K-State got to play with yeah, Kansas? Yeah, yeah. So Kansas did, did this tour a couple of years ago where they went around to, uh, did like Colorado State, the University of Colorado, Fort Hayes. Mm-hmm. I think they might have done Wichita. Yeah. Something like that. Um, but they go. They didn't. I don't think they did. Well, maybe they might have been after I was there. But anyway. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. So you ba- basically they have the uh, the director of the ensemble rehearse most of the music, mm-hmm. and then like a couple of days before their uh, the director for Kansas comes in and rehearses the orchestra and then you have two you know one rehearsal with the band mm-hmm. the afternoon of the show and um you know Phil uh, Ehart 
comes back to the percussion section and just starts banging around our stuff. And we're like, well, can we go bang around on your stuff? And he's like, yeah, go ahead. And oh, that's neat. Yeah, I got to yeah. go play on his stuff for a little bit. That was fun. Uh, but they, they just put on a hell of a show, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so how big was his set? I mean, did he have just a monstrosity of crap, or was it yeah. was it kind of stripped down? No, it was it was yeah, it, it was just big, everything. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Stadium, yeah, stadium sure, drums, yeah. yeah. Um, That's funny. But uh, before we move on, how, how, so how would you like marching band? Because oh. because the drum line usually gets to do some pretty cool crap, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Yeah, um, I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did one year in college, but you know, all four years in high school, and then I've uh, I did some coaching mm-hmm. at my my old high school, and then a couple couple rural rural, rural schools. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love it. I mean, the precision, like the DCI mm-hmm. guys, is just yeah incredible. I mean, and when you're a kid, you know, who's you know just been drink, playing drums at home by yourself, you know, whatever. You know, kind of developing a sense of community and you know camaraderie with other kids who have the you know mm-hmm. same talent and passion, hopefully as you do, mm-hmm. um, is, is is a cool thing. You know? Oh yeah. And, and like, well, especially DCI stuff and stuff you have to audition for. You know, it breeds a level of competitiveness and oh, sure, yeah, you know, driven talent that is hardly. Rarely matched, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, those DCI guys out there in the, you know, hundred degree sun with no shirts on, just mm-hmm. <laughs> zigzagging across the field and oh, yeah. doing triples at, you know, two hundred twenty beats a minute. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. So, did you feel that like? Because a lot of times, I think it's funny. Piano players, for example, a lot of them have never really played in a ton of ensembles, so they've all been kind of by themselves forever. And we're really different because we, unless you do private lessons, you're always with people, you know, an orchestra and band and whatever. And so, like, did you find, did you find when you were in kind of that? I don't know what you call it, like advanced situation, you know, with all of these other you know, yeah. other kids around that, that are kind of caring, yeah. you know, I mean, did you, did you feel that there was, because I guess what I'm getting at is the, the piano people are all internal motivation, you know, yeah. they have their teacher, but then that's like it. Cause right. they don't have any other peers, but in orchestra, there's this weird thing that happens, right? I mean, yeah. you have your other, you know, four or five percussionists or something, you know, with you and you're, you're kind of, it's just inevitable that you're all sizing each other up and crap, you know? I mean, right. was, there, was there a lot of that for you? Did, oh, you, yeah. did you have a lot of motivation with other, other yeah, people I too? Mean, or? Um, especially when I went to college. Um, yeah, the college, second time. yeah. Uh, you know, I played with a lot of, I was in this progression studio with a lot of kids that were younger than me and um, in a lot of ways better than me because, right. like, I was probably five years removed from high school. I didn't really do like keyboard instruments as far as marimba, vibraphones, xylophone right. type of stuff. I did timpani, bass drum, and you know snare as far as like concert music went. You know, yeah. or ensembles. Um, so, I guess, yeah. I mean, really, it it it, it took it took a minute to to kind of decide. Hey, you don't need to be better than them. Mm-hmm. You need to just be a better you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, challenge yourself to be better than you were yesterday. I know yeah, that right. sounds cliche. No, it's, but as, yeah. as far as like that, that type of situation when you know you're you're the kind of the odd man out, and you're you know you're not the you're not with with the end guys. You know, that you're right. not coming in the same graduating class as these guys. You sure. Know? Um, you, you don't need to compare yourself to them. You need to buckle down, worry about what you've been assigned to do, make sure your parts are ready to go when you're called on to play them. Right. You know, um, but that's also a, a great motivator is seeing when, when you get put in those situations, like, okay, he's that good or she's that good. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to bring, bring my level up to this. And you know, if, Maybe you're the guy that's better than everybody, mm-hmm. you know, 
And at that point, you just need to try to bring everybody, right? you know, do maybe, your best to bring everybody else. Right, in. yeah. Maybe you, that's when you need to set, not even be, be better talent-wise, but like especially this happens with everybody in a, in a big group where you've kind of got your crap together in regards to this song and they're struggling. You know, you're the, you're the, uh, what, what's, uh, you're the role model at that point. Right. You know, you're, you're trying to set like as a section leader, as the first chair viola or whatever, right. you know, you're like, I gotta have my crap together, everybody, you know, and set oh, the example. And, exactly. No. And, and that's when, like you, you said too, cause college is a whole different deal yeah. because in high school you've got a lot of knuckleheads, but in right. college, like, pretty much everybody really wants to be there right. and everybody did not start like four days ago. You know, everybody's and decent and, you know. That's really where I learned to shape up like the first couple, mm -hmm. I'd say the first six weeks of rehearsal, I'd show up like right as rehearsal was starting mm -hmm. and like trying to set my stuff up as he's trying to start rehearsal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I learned really quick, okay, you need, to, you need to run from whatever class you're at and get there five to 10 minutes early because sometimes you had to, you know, move instruments from other rooms and, you know, that they didn't want to waste time in the rehearsal hour for you to go run to a different room, get an instrument and bring it back, mm -hmm. you know. So, it, yeah, that's where I learned to buckle down and take things seriously and like mm -hmm. you know, early, you know, on if you're on time, you're late, you know. Right. So, so with that kind of switching gears here but that same idea of taking stuff seriously that's that's one thing that I've been struggling with recently about getting it's not about me taking it seriously I know I take it you know just like for example being in a band or even just being a musician out here in Kansas City that's you know and, and we don't even need to go into the open jams but but it's like when I'm it's is the whole idea of how much control do I have over others? Basically, is what I've been rolling in my head for fifteen years now. Is mm -hmm. is coming to, coming to terms with that that idea of when there's some people that want to like myself. I would love to be a full time musician, and I'm I'm pretty much there. I teach and play, mm -hmm. and then that's it. Well, you have some other guys that they're they're working at a UPS, and they're work. You know, they have their other day job, and this is. Yeah, and this maybe is, I don't know, whatever, a fourth or eighth of their income, mm -hmm. if that. You know, I mean, they have this whole other family and this whole other life, and then and the music is their 100% their other, right. you know, during the day. True. And when, when I want to take it more seriously and I want to try to get five gigs a month consistently with this one band or more, you know, mm -hmm. and they're kind of like... Well, you know, and they, they kind of don't take it seriously. I'm, I mean, what I've come to is that you've, you, you just can't change them and you got to go find like-minded individuals and that feels like, like giving up. Uh, you know, it feels like I'm giving up on this person a little bit, but well, I mean, is that what to. you have to do? Yeah, you know? we got to. Yeah. You know, if they don't want to play, mm -hmm. you can't force them. Right. You know, all you can do is ask, you know? Sure. Um... I know I know guys guys like that some really talented dudes like they don't they don't want to play every every you know three day three nights a week right right they've got great jobs you know I wish I had their jobs <laughs> you know mm -hmm. but uh, that's that's just a personal thing man it's really like do you really want to put in the time and effort into somebody who might be available right you know right I mean that's I mean, you're both, you're doing both them and you a disservice, you know, and, you know, really it's kind of, kind of crappy of them, like, well, I'll, I'll do it if, if it's convenient, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, it's just, I, I think that's a personal choice as far as like, and it's a situational thing, you know, it could, could be the person, you know, if you don't want to deal with them anymore, don't, you know, <laughs> it's not that hard. Right, and, and so, like, and, and this is one thing that I've been thinking about with doing this show is the, is the, you can't, you can't know that, what they're, what they're going to do or what their intentions are until, obviously, you, you ask them and you, you kind of make, you kind of basically make the conversation happen sure. or you 
can massively interpret that by the last 37 actions that they did where, you know, they don't call, don't call, don't call, don't call, don't call. And you're like, okay. Right. Now that's the cluelessness that I've been talking about on the show where now I'm being the cluelessness. They're, they're, they've not answered 37 times. I'm exaggerating, but right. you know what I mean? When they, they've shown my actions and I keep not wanting to believe it. Yeah. You know, with another bandmate where they're flaky, they don't answer the phone, they barely call back, they, right. they show up late, they don't help load in, they don't help book, they don't, you know, they don't do anything basically. Right. And then I'm sitting here just, you know, hoping that they're going to get it together and, and wishing, right. you know, and like... Have have you had mo have you had bands like that before? Or, um, I know I have. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I mean, my college band I ran, you know, mm -hmm. um, and it got to a point where we're like, okay, well, anybody else want to do anything? You know, but I wanted to keep the gigs gigs going, so I I did it. You know, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I've I've had that, and it's it's frustrating. Mm -hmm. It's very frustrating. It's uh. Sometimes it's like being, I mean, especially when you're, you know, you've been together a while it's, and, you know, tempers flare here and there and, you know, things get weird at the last gig, <laughs> you know, uh, it's, you know, but you need to, need to rehearse for the next one, you know, it's mm. kind of awkward trying to get people together, you know, you need to apologize to him and, you know, it's like kind of being mother hen and it's kind of being in a relationship like f with four other people sometimes, yeah, yeah. you know. It's uh, it's both incredible and incredibly annoying sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, my my buddy, my buddy joked, and I haven't said this on the show yet, but he 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 was joking about uh, he was joking about helicopter mom Rob, and I was just like, oh dude, whatever, <laughs> man, whatever, fuck you, you know, like, and I was joking because like that that making those conversations happen, right. you know, and that, that's kind of what I was talking about where you have this person that they don't have a plan right. and I keep wanting to make a plan for all of us because right. I'm, you know, generally organized and that's not a, not a uh, thing musicians typically yeah, like a... to do. It's not in our personality. Yeah. And, uh, so I want to like kind of force a plan to happen or make a plan sure. and my my other buddy one time was telling me they're like he's like rob there there is no plan he doesn't have a plan stop like get that through your thick right. skull he doesn't have a plan right and then i'm like well what are we supposed to do he's like well i have a plan right i know what i'm gonna do but he doesn't have one you need to like accept that you know sure. own up that this person that you, you know and so like what, what I've been trying to figure out, especially as a teacher, it's all the same moment of the, you, you have a grievance, right? You, the dude's playing too loud, not answering <laughs> the phone, whatever the hell it is, you know? Didn't do his work. It didn't do his work, didn't show up prepared, et cetera. Um, what, you know, how do you tell him? When do you tell him? It, do you need to say th something? You know what I mean? Because sometimes stuff's just not even worth saying if it's, right. if it's petty. You know, if you know well, that it's petty, you know. You said like, it ten times already. What's what's the point of saying it eleven? Right, right. And that's you know, I taught for a while when I first moved here, and uh, that's something I struggled with. You know, I had three or four students, and I'd say maybe one out of four of them really took it seriously. Sure. The other three, honestly, I felt bad taking their parents' money, mm -hmm. and after a while, I stopped. Yeah. You know, I I kind of. It was kind of a mutual thing, but I was like, "Hey, I'm, I'm going on the road," and I never heard back from him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but I'm fascinated by stuff like that because, like I've said this on the show too, is that I, I think that's the number one reason bands break up is they just have personality conflicts well, and personality and conflicts, a lack of communication. Lack of communication, yeah. Um, communi communication is key in any relationship, right? You know? And especially when it's four people, you know, you need to. It needs to be open, clear, and concise. You know, mm -hmm. you need to be here at this time. We need to load in at this time. We need to be ready to play at this time. We get to pay this much. You get this much for drinks, food, whatever. You know, that mm -hmm. we're having rehearsal at this time. I'll have tacos ready. You know, mm -hmm. like just <laughs> yeah. Here, you know, yeah. Yeah. be concise, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you have food, they'll show up. <laughs> so that's the key, huh? Yeah, well, that's not the key, it, yeah. but it helps. 
just have to be ready. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's cool, man. I mean, I've, I've just been kind of fascinated by all of that. And I get the impression that given what I've seen old number fives do, they're not really like that as much. You know, they, 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 you guys have gigs, yeah. you know, you're playing. I mean, yeah. I know that I, I know Derek really well. I've known yeah. him since Wichita for more than 10 years. Sure. I mean, he, he really loves music. He takes it seriously. Mm-hmm. He's a good player. Brock obviously like shreds his face off every time. Everybody's face is off when he plays. And, and that's one thing. I I'm, think you're a great fit for them, man. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. that. I've been having a lot of fun playing with them yeah. these past six months or How's so. How's that going? Yeah. It's going awesome. Uh, we're getting tighter and tighter every time we play together, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, we're super excited about like doing some some stuff where I'm it'd be my first time being the drummer on the recording. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because all their other stuff was there. Well, with Aaron, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's a great friend of mine. Right. You know, He's a good drummer yeah, too. Yeah, incredible, incredible. Um, but uh, yeah, Brock. I mean, both Brock and Derek are incredibly goal oriented. Yeah, and um, Brer. Um but yeah, they're incredibly goal oriented. They got great musical ideas. I think Brock's pretty much got an album ready to go. We just gotta mm-hmm. track it and, you know, put it out there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so we got we got some stuff coming. Um it's gonna be uh gonna be a challenge to do because both Brock's got twins and I got twins on the way, mm-hmm. so it's gonna be a pretty intense here in the next month or so but oh, yeah. we'll, we'll figure it out we'll get a get a little uh, you know routine going mm-hmm. you know like we're gonna rehearse this night we're gonna protect this night you know we're gonna get some stuff going right so we're pretty excited about that we played some cool gigs this summer mm-hmm. um, I've got to we just played a show out in Aspen in Colorado I've never been out there as a it was a harrowing trip from Denver to Aspen if you've never taken it uh, through the Independence Pass. Mm, yeah, is it, is it like <laughs> like off the cliff at any time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's parts of the road where there's only room for one vehicle. Right, yeah, So yeah. everybody's like piled up waiting for this like one big car to come through and then yeah. they like sneak through. It's, uh. It was intense. Um, but yeah, I, did, I mean, I did some, uh, did some cool touring with, uh, did you ever know Dusty Rust? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I got guy. to toured with him up in uh, oh, cool. Washington State and Oregon, mm-hmm. Montana, Idaho. And he moved, right? Yeah, he's he moved back there, up yeah. there, yeah, man. But cool. he's he's the real deal, dude. I mean, I'm telling you what, that guy, he can, uh, he's, I think he's a better drummer than me, honestly. <laughs> like, he uh, he didn't tell many people this. I'll rat him out. He's, uh, he played in a uh, junior college uh, big band with uh, Esperanza Spalding. Really? Yeah, she she's she's no joke. Yeah, she's yeah. like only played at the White House and won a yeah, couple right. of Grammys. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I like her stuff. Yeah, but I didn't even know he plays drums. Yeah. I've only seen him at his yeah. at his jam he had at Westport. Yeah, yeah he's he's crazy. Playing cool. guitar, and singing. I mean, he's transcribed like Buddy Rich solos and everything. Really? So once right. I found out, I was like, dude, I'll I'll play some drums for you because here's the thing: the first couple gigs, he just turns around. I mean, I I tried to learn the. I had maybe 40, 48 hours notice to play this gig with him. Mm-hmm. And he sends me a list of songs. Well, you know, there were a couple of country songs that I'd played with before, some guys back home. And, you know, his tunes I really didn't have a chance to listen to, you know. But he was able to turn around and go, boom, ticka, boom, ticka, doom, you know, like yeah. just kind of sing me the groove real quick. Yeah. And I, I was able to pick it up right. until I was able to go home and, like, actually mm-hmm. learn the song. and. Like he literally carried me through the first couple gigs that I played with him, and that's that's a really cool thing about playing with somebody who's also played drums, you know, and can kind of verbalize. They know what you need, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that that's another thing that's that I've noticed here that the the word that I, and obviously make up this word, but it's a word that I've thought about on the show a lot is cluelessness. Is is the guys that don't think to do that, right? They go like, oh yeah, well you, you'll get it. It's fine, you know. You'll oh, no. be fine, you know. And then he turns That's one around of my and least favorite things. That are... Yeah, and 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 it's not just jam guy, you know, not just open jams. That happens in uh, bands sometimes uh-huh. when you get subs yeah. and you're and they barely even uh, 
I do my best to stop and say, hey. Whoa, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it is sometimes, you know, with, I mean, you'd probably agree with this. A lot of the blues songs, I mean, they start the shuffle groove and you're like, okay. Right. And, you know, within, and somebody like yourself, I mean, within two measures, you got it. You All know, right. and you figured out what they're doing because it's, because they're not going to throw a five, a five, eight in the middle of the, you right. know, and a seven, eight yeah. and all this. They're not, I mean, it's not a thing, you know, in right. blues. So. Like, but th that, that idea of the, what do you think about guys that like at the end of the song that, that don't cue, that drives me nuts. I don't know about you, but they, they just like, you know, like Dave Hayes does a fantastic yeah. job of that. Like he, you know, he, he'll, well, they, they uh, cue, but it's and, the, uh, you know, they like barely nod their right, time. Like, yeah, I yeah. cued you. I'm like, wow, man. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's a it's a little annoying, but right. yeah, you get used to it. Yeah, I'll I'll be so intense at all. I mean, I'll do this at Jerry's Bait Shop where I'll literally just <laughs> eyes go bug eyed, you know, uh, you know, and I'm like, it's not it's not possible to miss my cue. It's right. not you. It's not a thing, you yeah. know. Like and like but so, but throw so, up a fist you, or do that or. But yeah, though I mean, and you were you were talking about the the subtle like, <laughs> and it, like. See, Dave can do that with um, with Danny and Paul. Sure, you know, yeah. he can do that because they because they're sitting here like, <laughs> okay, there it is. You know, yeah. I mean, they're sitting there waiting on it, and they know his songs. They play, you know. I was playing up with a buddy, uh, Chad Graves, who can play damn near any slide instrument. He's out of Springfield, Missouri. Mm -hmm. Like, can play uh, pedal steel, lap steel. Dobro, you know, all, I mean, he plays a band called Hillbenders. Mm -hmm. I never ever heard of them. They they did the uh, full length version of the rock opera Tommy, mm -hmm. sure, the, the bluegrass, yeah. yeah. And uh, they're actually doing stuff with Keller Williams right now, like mm -hmm. a yeah, Tom, Tom Petty yeah. thing. And uh, I was filling in for he has a band called Honky Tonk Habit, and we were out on break, and he's like, "Man, I don't know how you saw me because I didn't even turn around." But I raised my eyebrow to cue the end of that song, and you must have seen it. And I was like, I don't know either, man. It must have been my third eye or something. Yeah, that's funny, man. I, <laughs> I raised my eyebrow. <laughs> it was it was pretty funny. I was like, well, thank you. That's like, funny, dude. Like, and so <clears throat> I got two uh, two quick ones for you. Probably wrapping up here in a minute. Sure. What a like um, since this show is about kind of Kansas City musicians, what's, uh, how, how's it been here for you just with the scene and meeting people and, and what, what's your thoughts on the KC music scene, I guess? If you don't go out and do something to make yourself be seen, nobody's going to know who you are. Yeah. Um, unless you're just like a brilliant, you know, studio guy who you can send your music out and other people know who you are, but nobody's, you know, if you're doing everything at home, nobody's going to mm -hmm. see your talent, you know? Right. Now, as far as, like, picking up gigs and meeting people, like, I would have never met the Fives if I didn't go to the Freddie T's jam, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that was, that was a cool hang for a long time, mm -hmm. and I, yeah. I met a lot of cool people, right. you know? Um, a lot of, you know, and just going out there, like, I probably took three, four different bands out there to test test out you know right. um, it's first the, so I moved here summer of 2012 mm -hmm. it was probably February of 13 that I worked up the gumption I was mm. I was kind of you know not terrified but a little just nervous yeah, a little yeah, harrowed yeah. a little nervous yeah. you know about like just do I got it what it takes you know Am I, you know, I was, I was definitely terrified to like go to like Green Lady Lounge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, down down a foundation. Or, or like and all to that. the foundation. Yeah, yeah. I I went there oh, one right. night and a buddy just worked me up one night. He's like, "You're getting up there. I don't care what happens." I took walked in with my stick bag. I was like, "Well, you know, I'm here, you know." And uh, this this is a good story. Brad Williams was mm -hmm. playing drums, so and I I don't know the, remember the piano player, but I. I didn't talk to Brad. I talked to the piano player. I was like, hey, man, I'd love to get up and do a song with you. You know, I played, did, did some jazz band in college, you know. You know, I can, mm -hmm. I can hang, you know. Um, and I was like, can we do Monk's Dream? 
you know. He's like, oh, yeah, man, we can do it. And so all of a sudden he pulls me up and we get to go and all of a sudden in the middle of the song, Brad comes rumbling at the, like, what the hell are you doing? I was like, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. He said it was okay. He was like, is he playing the drums? I'm like, no, no, <laughs> I apologize. And he's like, all right, man, I'm going to let you play, but next next time you should ask, okay? And I'm like, 100%. And I told mm-hmm. him that story a couple of years later, and he just mm-hmm. died laughing. Well, you, you kind of, you ask piano players, right? right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you... But they wouldn't play a piano player drums, and I uh, totally yeah, understood yeah, where, yeah. where uh, Brad was coming sure, from. Sure, yeah, yeah, sure. But, um, no, I started going to Quasimodo's jam, mm-hmm. you know? Dave, yeah. I think that's maybe where I met you the first Probably, time. Yeah. Um, you know, and then Freddie Keys quite a bit, you know, started working my way out to Knuckleheads, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, you know, I've I've I don't know what this really says for myself as far as like longevity, but you know, I've probably played been in five or six bands since I've mm-hmm. moved here, you know. Yeah. Some some I've been fired from, some They've just kind of disintegrated. Some mm-hmm. just didn't work out, you know, and that's fine. It happens, you know. And yeah. some, some I was strictly in on an interim basis, you know, and that was made clear from the start. Like, hey, I'm, I can do this for this long, you know. Yeah. And you know, you know, whether it's out of necessity for money or you know, just mm-hmm. I, I want more playing time, you know. Right. Um, you know, honestly, if I'm at home, I you know I'm guilty of this of not practicing enough, you know. Um, so like all of us. Yeah. If if I can get a gig and honestly if it's to nobody, I'm appreciative of the gig and I consider it a form mm-hmm. of rehearsal and you know, especially right. if someone I've never played with before. You know? Yeah. I mean that probably happens a lot with drummers in town I would imagine is that um we just don't get asked to do a whole lot of stuff for violin. You know, you you kinda because we're in a different situation with the subbing kind of deal because there's just hardly any bands with violins. So you, you just, you know, there's, right. there's basically nobody call, sure. you know I mean? You better have it yeah. or else you're, or, or you're hiring a lead guitar player for the night yeah. if they can't do it, you know, but drummers, there's, you know, a thousand of you guys out here and, right. and 200 good ones, you yeah. know what I mean? You know, so it's like, there, there's people like yourself, um, to call and, uh, and that's that's really nice because I bet you're in the situation that you know you you've done a little bit of jazzy stuff you've done some country you've done some rock mm-hmm. done some blues done some, you know so like I get I bet you there's a lot of maybe you know uh, well the best way to be a you know a busy drummer is to at least have a feel mm-hmm. and a working knowledge of all of those things right you know. Because if you get, like, for instance, I got called for a a buddy of mine, couldn't, uh, he was doing the 9 to 5 musical at the mm-hmm. Metro Theater uh, there on the Main Street. And, uh, you know, my band in college had played that song, so I loved that song. We yeah. moved out on it. And, uh, I'd seen the movie back in the day and literally called me the day before and said, hey, man, I have to do this other gig, you know, I'll... You know, I need to keep this other gig because right. it's a it's a running thing. This is you know gonna be over in two weeks. You know, and I went home listened to that soundtrack over and over and over. Mm-hmm. I I didn't even bother with the book. Yeah, you know, just yeah. listening, internalize the grooves. You know, and uh, well, I I think I listened and read through the book a couple times. You right, know? Um, but I just relied on my ear most of the time and just tried to you know get that together as much as possible um but yeah that's that's nerve-wracking man like trying to and the only way i was able to do that was because i had there was some jazz in there there was some rock and roll there was some Mm -hmm. just really grimy blues you know Mm -hmm. you know you got to have a working knowledge of all your tempos you know and and styles i mean tommy ego has a two two separate uh rock or groove pattern uh, poster that Vic Firth puts out that is just invaluable as far as young drummers go. Mm. Um, they should learn learn all those grooves inside and out a mm. hundred times over, you know? Yeah. 
Um, so like having a working knowledge of many styles and being able to just jump in and when you do jump in, jump in with vigor and, and excitement and, you know, be mm-hmm. glad that you got the gig, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm, I'm so blessed to have this talent and have, have had, had parents and family to support me mm-hmm. and, um, encourage me along the way. My dad's a, a singer guitarist as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he's been nothing and my mom has been nothing but supportive of, of me, and, uh, pursuing music as a career, you know. I've never not won a Grammy. I've never made a hundred thousand dollars selling a song, you know. Mm-hmm. But they love me and support me nonetheless, and mm-hmm. they That's still great. come to my yeah. shows. And yeah. you know, um, so I'm I've been incredibly blessed. Like that's you know. awesome, man. I have a I have a because because I knew Brad from Wichita too. Mm-hmm. Brad Williams, him and Derek and I knew each other from Wichita. But it, like <laughs> we're at the foundation, and this guy, this you know, tall, you know preppy looking white guy you know go, goes up and he just sits down at the congas right or whatever mm-hmm. the congas and uh and so you know brad of course comes up and he's like hey man you know let's and the, so the guy starts giving brad a little bit of hack you know like sure. and then finally he gets like finally I, can't, I don't remember it was it was a latin guy who has a latin band in town who plays plays uh congas yeah. and uh, i can't remember his name but in the middle of the song, he's up on stage and he jets over to the guy and kind of, you know, starts, you know, and, and so finally the guy sits down and after the song gets over, Brad gets up on the mic and he's like, all right, I think it's about time to tell everybody what this place is, you know, because <laughs> he does that every time, you know, yeah. hey, this has been here a hundred years, let's show some freaking respect, yeah. and, da, da, da. and he's like, you know, if you, uh, if you want to play, if, if you want to play something, you know, you, you need to come up here and at least know how to pronounce the thing you're about ready to play. <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> it's on the mic to everybody. I was like, Ooh, oh, man. yeah, Brad, you're getting them, you know, like he, he, you know, guy was just talking about, you know, drunk too, sure, of course, yeah. you know, like, and, uh, He's like, you need to, you need to be able to pronounce the drums you're about ready to the instrument. You're out like, <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. That was cracking me up. But, uh, a la- last quick thing for you. Do you, do you have an, a cr- another crazy, crazy kind of moment in the music business or one you'll never forget or. Yeah. Uh, one time, uh, so I saw Robert, I'm a huge Robert Randolph fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw Robert Randolph open up for, uh, Clapton in 2005. Wow. And, uh, me and my mom and my girlfriend were at the top of the, uh, I mean, literally could touch the, the ceiling from where we were, wow. we were so that, that far up. And we had these, uh, binoculars and I could see all the way down to the mm. other side of the stage. And literally there was like a whole open section mm. right next to the stage. So me and my girlfriend run down there, right? And I see Robert Randolph on the other side of the stage. So I'm going to run over there. Well, by the time I get over there, he's on stage with Clapton doing Sunshine Your Love. Well, mm-hmm. Billy Preston is like from here to the, the wall, right? Yeah, wow. I'm like, whoa, you know, so yeah. that was cool. Robert Randolph comes walking by as they pull the curtain by, back. I yell at him, comes over. I'm wearing a Robert Randolph t-shirt. He signs mm-hmm. it. Oh, wow. I show him my Hendrix tattoo because I have Jimi Hendrix on my show. Wow. Six months later, I see him again at the Uptown Theater, February 10th, 2006. Wow. And they had some sound issues that night, kind of weird. And at that time, they were pulling a bunch of people up on like guys to play guitar or do whatever. Well, from my knowledge, I think I'm like one of the few people that they ever pulled up to sing. Oh wow! So they did this little medley, and all of a sudden they break into Purple Haze, and I'm standing right in front of Robert, going, "Come on, sing it, man, sing it!" He points at me, and I'm like, "Okay." So. For some reason, I was sweating, you know, mm-hmm. super high, whatever, and I had a long thief, long, and I had to pull my arm out of my sleeve to show him my tattoo, cause and he recognized me, you know, and uh, so I tried to put my shirt back on. It was like kind of wet and wouldn't go, so I just took it off and jumped the barrier. Well, as I jumped the barrier, like security slams me. <laughs> I'm like, come on! I'm like, point at the stage, and Robert's like, let him up, let him up. And sure enough, I got up there with no shirt on and sang Purple oh, Haze. That's and funny, dude. And just After good. security, like, yeah. <laughs> you're like, yeah, he's... Yeah. That's right. 
So, but I've I've become friends with those guys since oh, that's then. Cool, like, man. The bass player and the drummer, they're both really really sweet sweet guys. And, yeah. Um, but no, that's that was my uh, my six minutes of fame. No, that's yeah. fun, yeah, man. Yeah, that's but cool, I've, man. But I've played a lot of great gigs mm. since then all over the United States. I'm extremely grateful to anybody and everybody that's ever gave me the opportunity to to do so. Mm. Um, I I wouldn't be where I where I am without them. You know, no matter how things may have ended up between us, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't really hold any ill will towards any vibe, anybody I've ever played with, mm-hmm. you know, and what's the point, you know. That's, that's a good idea, that's, that's the, uh, ever, everybody should, you know, no. everybody should do that, it's sometimes you know, harder than it sounds. Even but... if it ends bad, you may, you may have made something beautiful together at some point, mm-hmm. you know, and there's no reason to hate each other, mm-hmm. there's no reason to, you know, like, drag on any, it, existing mm-hmm. issues you know just yeah live and let live baby you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and love you know mm-hmm. everybody needs more love <laughs> cool man well uh well this uh come check out uh old number fives you guys are playing all over the place yeah and a uh, great band um and uh this has been uh this has been adam watson thanks, thanks man thanks for coming it. yeah and, uh, Anyway, we'll be back next time. All right, see you guys later. Peace.